Hey, this is Clean Gene from Clean Jeans Buy, Sell, Trade, or Give It Away, where our motto is, if you can drive it, fly it, or sail it, we can sell it. Today, we're featuring Jerry Springer's 2001 Gulfstream G200 Corporate Jet. Buy it, and you can recline in luxurious Corinthian leather. You can do a number one or a number two at 30,000 feet in your own private bathroom. <laughs> Listen to Jerry's Pericoma collection on a built-in <laughs> eight-track sound system, and all for a cool two million. Too steep? We'll finance. Got something to trade? Let's talk. And if you call right now, Jerry will throw in his lightly driven Maserati. Look, Jerry's slowing down in life and everything's got to go. His jet, his cars, his boat, his houses, even his ostrich jacket. So call Clean Jeans, buy, sell, trade, or give it away. Call today at 444-444. That's 444 and then three more fours. And remember what Clean Jean always says, and in fact, he said it way before anyone else did. Take care of yourself and each other. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, How did you all find parking? <laughs> big crowd, very nice. It is a good good crowd, and let's welcome back uh, Ms. What? Megan Hills. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to be you, back. Yeah, you used to work here. I did used to work here. I just stopped by this week to say hey. See we haven't seen Megan in maybe six, Several eight months. months, maybe, and because she has a day job and she travels in her day job, and you what's know. that like? <laughs> No, I it's used not to have, great, a, I it's used not to have great. a job. I really did. Aww. <laughs> You'll get there again. It's okay. Uh, and I told Megan before the show, and uh, I don't know if you've noticed it already, she said, you know, is the show still called Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fuller? Yes, it is. Are you still Gene Galvin? Yes, I am. Uh, it, it, and I said, really, the only thing that's different is Jerry has lost a lot in it's the not, last not, not six months. So not as sharp as he okay. used to be. Well, that's fair. He's old. And we're not sure why. <laughs> But just slipping a just little. Just slipping a little. Yeah, well, you know, I listened to a couple, and I, I, I can, I can who see slipped? that. Who slipped? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I wanted to. Well, by the way, let me tell you a couple things that are going to be coming up. We have uh, Abby the Spoon Lady. Whoa! Oh man, Abby the Spoon Lady is amazing. Yeah. Just you wait I heard them and warming see. Up. She, she's, it's really yeah, yeah, they they are uh, quite amazing, along with Chris. Uh, so it's Abby and Chris. And uh, Jerry also is going to talk about the sad passing of Senator John McCain, an American hero, uh, major political beacon, and uh, relate that a little bit to uh, our president's reaction to that. Your president's. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> but I wanted to... Uh, Megan, I wanted to tell you something that you don't know, and trust me, I didn't know about it until last weekend. We went away to a, a Charlevoix, Michigan with mm -hmm. some friends. Uh, we have some, uh, let's just say it straight up, we're not going to name them, some wealthy friends. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have a beautiful place in Charlevoix, Michigan. Uh, boats, cars, everything. They got it all. It's just an unbelievable, and they're wonderful the people. Toys. 
while there, uh, the three, there were three guys and our spouses. I, do, I can't even remember how it came up because it is uh, so weird. What? That, but it came up. Megan, Jerry has a daily cream routine for his face. A very specific, Megan, multi-step, multiple layers. That's what I'm wondering. You think this just comes naturally? This doesn't just happen. What so, does Darlene Parton say? Takes the effort to look this trashy. Yeah, <laughs> really. And when he I was push- describing it, we were pushing him. No, no, wait. Run out. He, listen, he, and so he uses product. Tell your routine. And name the products, the whole deal. Just lay it, just tell. Don't be well, ashamed. I mean, I, you do it, don't be ashamed. Tell you them. know, I get up in the morning, I do, you know, whatever, and then I shave and I brush my teeth. And oh, But when I'm finished cleaning up in my shower and everything, I had a job on, you don't remember this, but I used to be on television. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. And so I put some creams on, the moisturizer. Mm. But so, for a show you put well, it on, I, it's called makeup. It's but you're talking about this morning. Well, what did you do this morning? The, well, you start off with Imipure. You, you put that all over. And, then, and all the women are going, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, Imipure. Yeah. Imipure. And then after Imipure, I do Tensilift. Okay. And everybody's going Tensilift. And then there's yeah. Extreme Eye. Extreme you put, Because eye. Your, your, your skin is much thinner right under the eye. You want is to it? do that. Uh-huh. And huh. then well, I it's... do, um, oh, the uh, ex- uh, Diamond Extreme. Whoa. And then you got to do the net, the net this cream, like right? Home shopping network. And then um, you, you, <laughs> the drops, you, you, you pat on your face because yeah. that it keeps everything. Huh. What? What's to keep it? What's it do? <laughs> from smearing. From keeps smearing. It from smearing. And you make fun, but look at the product. <laughs> yeah. You, right. you, you don't. No, I don't. I, well, no, I give don't it a thought. That. Yeah, sure. Well, I just probably cold should. water and Is that my only... It's <laughs> well, the normal thing. Fun. You get up and... Is that... It's not... Guys don't do that? I mean, they do. They should. Um, but, you know... And, you, and by the way, you're not kidding. Or are you kidding when no, you no, say they, they actually men, should? Men should be taking care of Feel their skin, soft too. I'm good. I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it from yeah. here. <laughs> you want to touch it, Megan. I know you do. That just came so naturally. I'm good. I don't need to. Gene, you won't. No, I, no. I, I won't. Well, look at that. Bucks. Look who just, just walked in. Oh, it's a guy, we're not going to give his last name. It's Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing no, wrong with skin care just, from just, You should be taking care of yourself. Just feel my I'm going to do it. <laughs> you Pull up here a little bit. Yeah. You know you want to. <laughs> How do I do it? Don't hear that. No, no, forget it. I do, Meg. Forget it. No, plus I put it on this morning. It may not be that smooth. Yeah. All right. All right. uh, So you made fun of me, and 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 I do that, and it. uh, There's nothing wrong with that, Jer. There really isn't. You should be taking care of yourself at your age. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me tell you about Metamucil. (laughs) (laughs) What? So disgusting. Hey, um, oh, old man jokes. Is that what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry's wife. Mickey once described the show to somebody. Well, what's this podcast about? Well, they start with old man jokes. Well, there it is. She just said that. We did it again. (laughs) Jerry said to me literally before the show, you do realize you're sitting here with two 75-year-old men. Yeah, yeah, true. true. Well, I'm 64, but he's 75. (laughs) Hey, uh, why is it, Megan, straight up the truth, and you know this, I am a retired Cincinnati public school educator. Yep. Okay, I am still working this job 
to try to, so I have a pension. Mm -hmm. I'm working this job to try to get, to get enough quarters to get some Social Security. Yep. So I can have a dignified retirement. I mm. do not yet have one. Of that I know. So that's my story. Okay. I go to Charlevoix, and it seemed like every lunch, every dinner, every breakfast, every time we bought cigars, I'm, I paid for everything. Huh. I had to come home, and this is really ridiculous, and take out a second mortgage from one of the three guys that was there because he has a mortgage company. <laughs> To pay for the effing You only paid for breakfast. Oh, that we is paid definitely for not true. lunch and dinner. Oh, that is not true. You, name one we dinner were keeping, you paid for. We were keeping a running tab. If he pulls out a list, I swear to God. Oh, no. Actually. Actually, I yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how the rich okay. get richer and the poor stay poor. There you go. It's keeping you down. It's a horror. Yeah, keeping, yeah. keeping yeah. me down. I know, Gene. I... Hey, I wanted it. to ask you something, Jerry. Driving over here, we were chatting about this. The reaction to the death of Senator John McCain. And that's one thing, but then we've also had on display this week the reaction of the president. You would, one, one, one would wonder if there would be a kind of a default reaction from a U.S. president to the death of a major senator. Yeah, if, Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, if, if anyone saw it, um, you know, the, by the time people... Um, hear this uh, this podcast most people archive it so it'll have been a week or two in the past but um, obviously the death of the senator John McCain was incredibly major news I mean he was a he was an icon um, everything even though his views on a lot of issues didn't went the same as mine he certainly was exactly what a United States senator ought to be, a public servant ought to be, a legitimate, legitimate hero. You know, we're so used to calling ball players and whatever, oh, he's my hero. Here was a hero, not because of what Trump said, because you got shot down or because uh, you were captured, in, in Trump's words, I don't consider people who got captured heroes. I mean, it, it just, Trump's reaction was absolutely despicable. This was before John McCain got sick. And, uh, and now, of course, when he died this past weekend, and the obvious reaction, everyone giving these wonderful testimonials about him, the flags in federal buildings or whatever around the country being at half mass. But the White House, at first, Trump didn't want to lower the flag at the White House. And then finally, he was pushed into it, and he agreed to lower it, and then at midnight, he put it right back up. And when the reporters asked why he didn't say anything, he didn't, you know, he tweets about everything in the world, but he wouldn't tweet about that because he's got this grudge against John McCain. What Trump cannot stand is people that are superior to him which uh, it's got to be a larger category than that, because who isn't? But, uh, you know, people that are, show courage, people that are heroes, people that the whole world respect. And it just gets under his skin. And he sits there with his arm folded, and the reporters, I don't know if you saw that, are asking him, why won't you say something about John McCain? 
He just passed away, an American hero. Why won't you say anything? And he just sit there with his lips shut, his arms folded in front of him like a, like a kid that's going to hold his breath. And he wouldn't say anything, period. It didn't stop. And you see that, and you see it is a perfect example to show our children the difference between a person of substance, someone with courage, someone with integrity, someone who is heroic, and then someone is everything you don't want your child to be. I don't care what your politics are. No one wants their child to grow up to be like Donald Trump. Okay, you can like the tax bill, you can want a wall, whatever it is. You don't want your child to grow up with the manners, the behaviors, the sensitivity of a, of a Donald Trump. And think about John McCain. There are two things that come to mind when I think of his great career. When, you know, here, are, here we are, most of us in this room here, I assume, uh, we were all trying to get, um, you know, Barack Obama elected president in 2008. And an iconic moment, John McCain is having a town hall meeting and filled with supporters, and they're, you know, asking questions. And this one woman stands up to ask him a question, and she starts saying, Barack Obama, he's an, I'm paraphrasing, but I think I got most of the words right, He's an Arab, he's a Muslim, he doesn't love America. And John McCain literally took the microphone out of her hand in front of an all-McCain audience and basically told her to stop it. He says, no, 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 no. I think I would make a better president than Barack Obama. That's why I'm running. But he is a good and decent man. He loves America. He loves his family. He's totally decent. And we're not going to have any of that. Wow. A couple of weeks before the election, when he's talking to people who want red meat because they're there because, damn, we got to beat this Obama, he has the courage to put principle before that moment of political expediency. And there's one other moment that didn't get as much publicity. Back in 2000, he ran for president, and he was running in the primaries against George Bush, the 43, he was running in South Carolina, and he had just won in New Hampshire. So if he would have won in, um, in South Carolina, Bush would have been out, and McCain would have gone on to have it, because South Carolina in the Republican primary, that was the tell-all primary. And it was a very rough, vicious race. The big campaign issue back in 2000 was the Confederate flag in South Carolina. And reporters were asking him on camera and in the debates, what do you think of the Confederate flag? Does it reflect the South's heritage or does it represent bigotry and racism and the fight for sl to keep slavery? And during the campaign, when he was asked that, he just kind of walked away and he mumbled, it's, it's the Southern heritage, and he walked away. And that was a politically correct answer to give then in South Carolina. He lost the primary and dropped out of the race. A couple of weeks later, he goes back to hold a 
big meeting in South Carolina, huge hall. And he did it simply because he says, I need to apologize to the people of South Carolina and the people of America. Because I promised you when I announced for president that I would always tell you the truth, that nothing is more important than integrity. And the fact is, I failed you. I lied. Because I was weak in that moment, and I said the flag represents Southern heritage, when in fact, I knew that that flag was up there, and it represented at the time the fight to keep slavery in America back during the Civil War. What politician does that? And then you compare him to Donald Trump, who's never apologized for anything. So I guess the point of all this, with his death and how we commemorate his life, is that character matters. Character. And that character and country. Now, it's once I said that and I decided I was going to talk about that, I then started to look back at how I've reacted to these issues over time. And the issue that came up was, what was I saying when Bill Clinton got into trouble? Because when he got in trouble on clearly an issue of character, I kind of was saying, yeah, but he's, that's his own personal I'm not voting for him. In fact, I remember saying in some speech, I'm not voting for Clinton because I want him to be my rabbi or minister or priest or whatever. I'm voting for Clinton because he's a good president. And what he does personally is not our business. And that's what I said. And so now I'm trying to figure out, am I being consistent or am I just being partisan that I'm picking on Trump because I don't like Trump? And yet there is a difference. FDR carrying on an affair. JFK clearly womanizing. Clinton. But in those cases, and it's not a small point, yes, character matters, but the difference with their situations and Trump is that they're going off the rails had nothing to do with the country. In other words, when FDR was winning World War II, the truth is you would have been left off the stage if you said, forget winning World War II and trying to beat back the Nazis and the Japanese, etc. You know, he has, he has an affair. Get him out of there. Well, of course you'd say, whoa, whoa. You, you got to have priorities about right now what's most important. When JFK was saving the world from nuclear disaster at the Cuban Missile Crisis, it didn't much matter who he slept with. And that's the kind of decision we made with Clinton. The difference with the questions about Trump's character is that his character weaknesses affect the safety of the United States of America. In other words, his lying and cheating, and bullying, they affect all of us. It is a national issue. His cheating and lying, whether it was using the Russians to get him elected, 
whether it was hiding the payments to, uh, to the uh, a porn star two weeks before the election, knowing that if that came out right then, it would have affected the election and he wouldn't be president. So that affected that. His bullying our allies affects our foreign policy and who's going to be with us in times of great need. Everything that he is doing that makes the news every night is not just who he slept with and whether he's a good husband. What he is doing directly affects our country. And therefore, now it's before us. Now our character is going to be tested. We're going to be tested whether we're willing to put country above partisanship, whether we're willing to say for those who are, yeah, I'm a Republican, and I kind of like some of the policies, maybe I like the tax bill or whatever, but our country's more important. So these character weaknesses, this dishonesty, this lack of integrity, this bullying, this narcissism, is just not something we can have leading the free world or the United States of America. He is opposed to everything America is supposed to stand for. And for that reason, he needs to be removed from office, either by the Congress and the Senate, or if not by them, because that's pretty difficult to do, by the voters in the next election. The future of America is at stake, because remember, if we don't reflect that this coming November and leave the Congress with Republicans that won't challenge him, or if he gets reelected in 2020, two years from now, basically we have told the world and our children and all the people around us that when we say America stands for this, that, and the other, that we are a place where everyone's welcome, we're a multicultural society, we believe in the Statue of Liberty, not a wall, everything we pledge allegiance to and for which our sons and daughters have fought and died for, if we don't change the people that are running our government, then in effect we're saying we were only kidding about all that. And these people died for nothing. All right, we're very excited this evening. We have with us, as Jean talked about at the top of our show, Abby the Spoon Lady and Chris Rodriguez with us tonight. How are you? Welcome, welcome. So, Abby, you're gonna, uh, you're, we have a couple of songs, but tell us a little bit about yourself. You're based out of Asheville, correct? Yeah, we're, we're out of Asheville. Um, we do a lot of street performance, okay. and we do a lot of traveling around the southeast and whatnot. Um, we do storytelling, which oh, yeah? is fun. Um, so what, 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 how did this all start? How did you become the spoon lady? Organically, I was hopping trains around the country. Okay. And so as one does spoons, uh, <laughs> seemed to be a good portable way to fund myself, uh, That's around. Incredible. Very, so very cool. I, I can't pick a guitar like Chris can. Yeah. So. <laughs> how did you learn to play the spoons? Was there someone in your family that played the spoons and taught you how, or 
another freight hopper taught me how to hold them and how to run them down my fingers and i just kept fiddling with it from there and um fell in love with street performance Uh and i i never at one point thought i was going to be a famous spoon player i thought that that, that, that's kind of yeah her youtube videos have literally millions of hits on them that she's quite quite popular what year was it that you were hopping frames could put it into a context time wise for us please well i i i quit hopping trains about five years ago so um and and i i probably rode uh, uh less than a decade maybe eight years so huh that's really cool. Well, we're, I'm, I'm very excited to hear what you have. I'm sorry, it's Derek. No, I, I'm just, so the hopping trains, because that was a place to stay or because you wanted to get some place that the train was going? When, when I first started traveling, I did it because I wanted to start over. And it mm-hmm. felt like the best thing for me to do was to go someplace else. And it. it wasn't really ex- planning on continuing to go and continuing to go. It just kind of happened that way and um and i'm glad it did yeah Yeah. last question just because i'm fascinated by this what do you mean you hopped on the train i mean you literally i mean i'm picturing a freight train is slowly coming by and you run on the side and jump on it is that or am i just romanticizing this no um it's like that but it's not very romantic Good point. This is less romantic. And I understand yeah, you're because also... I have trouble getting in the sleeper car oh because they don't, they don't turn down the linens all the time. So get stuck in there, huh, Jer? Wow, that's a great story. And you're also uh, free speech activists. Um, yeah, we, we do a lot of discussion, and we're from Asheville, North Carolina. There's mm-hmm. a lot of street performance there. Um, street performance, city after city, keeps becoming more and more regulated. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times the regulations are put in place in the hopes to uplift street performing. But those lawmakers don't know what street performing is and what it's about and what makes a good culture there. And so a lot of times those laws and regulations uh, make it worse and, and, and sure. kind of suffocate the culture. Sure. Well, we're excited to hear your first song is Mr. Man. Yeah. All right, let's hear it, Abby and Abby the Spoon Lady. I wrote this song on the side of my bed in the middle of the night. All right. <laughs> it's true. Never made much more than enough to keep afloat. Kept our heads above the water with a hole in our boat. I got me a job, the only job that I could find at a cabin rental business way out in the pines. Five dollars an hour, all the money that I earn, and the rich get rich by stepping on the poor. I learned, well, maybe I'm dirt. It hurts to get stepped on, spit in the face, drunk to the ground. As much as it hurts, I've always kept on as strong as a rock when I'm getting kicked around. 
family That was full of mountain men And I went into the city And I got robbed with a pen He was a smooth-talking snake Slithered out of New York town If I'd have known that he was rotten I would have cut him down He worked my fingers to the bone And I never saw a cent Got nothing to show for all the time I spent Well, evil rules the world And soon we all get burned And the rich get rich by stepping on the poor Was what I learned Well, maybe I'm dirt It hurts to get stepped on Spit in the face Drug to the ground As much as it hurts I've always kept on As strong as a rock When I'm Silly question, but like, is that the only set of spoons that you use? Do you have specific, like, I'm very interested in this. I have a bunch of different sets of spoons, but these are the ones I play the most. You like those the best? Yeah, and I actually have to temper them out. Uh, I, when I break a spoon, usually the bottom spoon will break. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll have to sit somewhere and hammer it out, the, the new spoon, until it's thin enough to sound right. So it yeah, so it sounds right. Huh. We're going to have them back on. Yo, yeah. Next week. Very, We're bringing them back. Cool. Well, in the meantime, if you wouldn't mind taking us out on down by the riverside, Mr. Oh. Springer's going to hop in here. You got it, your spoons, Jer? This is the first time I've... Uh, <laughs> I've usually, usually when I sing, there are knives involved. Right, well, <laughs> rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of ducking. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't, don't want to be near me. I believe but that. go ahead. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you, guys. Let's hear it again for Abby, the spoon lady, and Chris Rodriguez. It's great to have you guys.
Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Oh.